Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley, a beloved teacher of the Course, who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour, bonjour. So happy to be with you today. Thank you for joining me. We're blessing each other, that's for sure. And uh, I am in Maine now. I'm here for a few weeks, which is very nice. My family has a home here, and so I'm getting the gardens ready. I'm on Deer Isle. And uh, I think I said this last week, if you like, you go to the events page at jenniferhadley.com, you can see there, um, there's an ad for the house because we rent it by the week or the month in the summertime. And uh, I think we're mostly booked up, but there is a little, maybe a week or two here or, you know, in the fall. And it's, oh, it's so nice here in the fall. So. Let's begin with a prayer. Let us begin with a prayer. And uh, our topic this week is helping others. Helping others. I got very inspired by something I read in the course. So we're going to dive into that. I invite you to place your hand on your heart and to join me in a healing prayer. So we take this breath of love and gratitude together, opening our heart, opening our mind to the fullness of love that's active in our awareness, it's active in our activities. <laughs> we are grateful and thankful to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self to remember and to recognize that who we are is the fullness of love. It's our true identity. We are grateful and thankful to let go of all false identification, all false beliefs, all crazy made-up stories, wherever they've come from, however we've come to believe in them, we are willing to change our minds here and now and to know only the truth that sets us free. In gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we open our hearts to the fullness of love and we allow ourselves to be free. In gratitude, we know it's done, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Yes. So, we are going to look this week at Chapter 12, which is entitled The Holy Spirit's Curriculum. Yay, doesn't that sound yummy? And it starts with the judgment of the Holy Spirit. And the first paragraph begins, You have been told not to make error real. And the way to do this is very simple. I, I love that. Because this is this is the one thing that upsets us in this world. Every upset is really because we are making the appearance of error, the illusion of error, seem real. We're saying it is real. 
We have an opinion about it. We have a judgment about it. And that is the thing that upsets us. And it's within our control to shift and change if we're willing. Because in order to shift and change those false beliefs that are upsetting us, what we must do is engage with the Holy Spirit to do the heavy lifting. But we're trapped in the ego habit, or seemingly trapped is probably a better description, seemingly trapped in the ego habit of making meaning of things and interpreting things. And that's what gives the ego a sense of power. And it's it's a very pervasive habit that we can let go of. You've been told not to make error real, and the way to do this is very simple. If you want to believe in error, you would have to make it real because it is not true. So let's say you have a judgment that the your neighbor is an idiot. All right. And that's your judgment. If you want to believe in that error, you would have to make it real because it is not true. So in your mind, you're going to look for the evidence that supports your hypothesis that your neighbor is an idiot or your boss is an idiot or the president is an idiot or your child is an idiot or whoever is an idiot or even that they're the savior of you know your world they are the thing that makes your life worth living whatever is your hypothesis your opinion your judgment you're going to look for excuses reasons evidence to support your case. You would have to make it real because it is not true. But truth is real in its own right. And to believe in truth, you do not have to do anything. OMG. You do not have to do anything to believe in truth. Now that sounds like a plan we can get behind, right? You don't have to do anything to believe in truth. Here is our salvation. It says, understand that you do not respond to anything directly, but to your interpretation of it. So in our common parlance, in the way that many spiritual students talk about it, they talk about a differentiation between reacting and responding. Right. But of course, of miracles is saying eh, there's not really a difference here. They're saying your interpretation is what is determining your response. Right. You've probably heard me say that a million times. So understand that you do not respond to anything directly, but to your interpretation of it. Your interpretation thus becomes the justification for the response. Right. This probably good 50% of A Course in Miracles is about this very thing. It is so completely foundational to the teachings of A Course in Miracles. So we are not upset for the reason we think. We don't know what anything is for. We're upset because of our interpretation, not because of what's happening. It's because of the meaning that we make of it 
not what's happening. And our interpretation becomes the justification for the response. So if I think that what my neighbor is doing or my boss is doing or my spouse is doing, my friend, my president, whoever it is, if I think that what they're doing is destructive to me, threatening to me, if that's the interpretation that I make of it, then my anger is justified. They're attacking me. Therefore, my anger is justified. I am feeling threatened. How dare they threaten me? How dare they threaten democracy? How dare they threaten my family? How dare they threaten my coworkers? Whatever it is, right? The angry response is the attack on the attacker. And attack on an attacker is justified in our world, right, by the ego. So if someone throws a bomb or directs a missile at you, you are justified in attacking them. That's how this world thinks. And this is why we feel justified righteous anger. We feel justified when, let's say, someone seems to disregard our feelings and and does something that feels like a betrayal, like a big owie. You know, it could be anything from the, you you didn't get invited to their child's birthday party to. Your spouse has committed adultery, right? It's, it's a big owie to the ego. And there's a great sense of hurt. That hurt is actually designed for the purpose of making the others feel guilty and ashamed. It's an attack. Because not being invited to the birthday party or the adultery feels like an attack, feels like an attack on our relationship, feels like an attack on my ego. I'm not valuable enough. You don't mean enough to me that I would invite you to your birth, my birthday party or that I would have um, an extramarital affair. You wouldn't do those things if you valued me. The fact that you don't value me is an attack on me. Therefore, my sadness, my hurt is justified. You have attacked me. I am justified in my attack on you. That's how this world works. So it's essential for us to understand this uh, in order to understand what the Holy Spirit can teach us here. And take a sip of my spiritual espresso. I'm getting over this allergy thing. Now that I'm in Maine, my sinuses are definitely happier, uh, but I'm still processing out <laughs> the um, interruption or whatever it is. Something 
healing is happening. So understand that you do not respond to anything directly, but to your interpretation of it. So when we're reacting, when we're responding, when we're feeling any kind of upset, what we're doing is we're responding to our interpretation, not to what is actually occurring. And our interpretation is entirely based on the past. It's entirely based on the meaning we made of it. So in the past, you would have invited me to your birthday party. In the past, all my friends invited me to their birthday parties. Anyone that cared about me invited me to their birthday party. I remember one time when I was giving a very particular dinner party for a group of friends and colleagues, a small group, about a dozen people, I literally got the whole idea to have the dinner party and where to have it and who to invite from spirit. It was not my idea. It came into my mind and I was given divine direction. And one of my friends um, assumed they were invited, but I didn't invite them. And I heard them in a conversation saying something about, well, we can talk about it at Jennifer's party. And I realized, oh, they think they're invited to that, but that that's not like a social event. It's actually a business event, and they're not part of the guest list according to the Holy Spirit. And for whatever reason, I just felt so strongly that the Holy Spirit was saying, do not have them come. I, I, I didn't know why until the party unfolded, and then I could see why it was better that they weren't there. But that that ended that friendship, because my friend, I explained to her, hey, this is what's happening with me. I don't feel like this is, you know, I'm choosing from my personality and my preferences. I feel like I'm just following guidance. And of course, I would love to have you at any party, but this is something else is unfolding here. And for whatever reason, I've been given a guest list. Some of these people, I mean, I wouldn't have never invited them to dinner, but there's something that's unfolding. And my friend couldn't get over it and stop being my friend because of whatever interpretation that she had about it. And um, nothing I could say or do would convince her that this was not some attack on her. But it for sure was not. It's funny, I hadn't even thought about that in a very long time. Um, So it says, your interpretation thus becomes the justification for the response. So we could say that my friend's decision not to be my friend anymore um, felt totally justified in that because of her interpretation. And no matter what I said to clarify, oh no, this is, trust me, this is not personal from me. Because it it just wasn't. I mean, I, I, I love my friend. There was no reason not to include her if I was just inviting people that I loved. But that's not what the dinner was about. It wasn't about inviting people that I loved. It was about following divine guidance to bring certain people together. And that's one of the things about 
my life is I see I do that all the time is I connect people together that I see these lines literally like lines of energy going between people and I feel compelled to introduce them to each other to connect them with each other it's just part of my thing that one of the you could say it's a gift or it's just a um a responsibility, a mission <clears throat> that I have. So, your inter- interpretation thus becomes the justification for the response. So, perhaps she felt completely justified in not being my friend anymore and then um, doing other things to make life hard for me. So, um, I get it. I totally get it. I totally understand. You know, when you're uh, ego identified, as I have been so often, uh, you, this is how you interpret things. It says, this is why analyzing the motives of others is hazardous to you. If you decide that someone is really trying to attack you or desert you or enslave you, you will respond as if he had actually done so, having made his error real to you. So it seems like that's what happened with my friend. My friend decided that I was really trying to attack her or desert her. And so she responded as though I had actually done so. Because she made the error real. I don't know what anything is for. And there have been times when people that I dearly loved, like the friend I'm I'm thinking of here, dearly loved, enjoyed, appreciated, admired, that just were taken right out of my life for one reason or another. They just simply seem to go away. And I don't know why. There's never an explanation given. My friend in this case, no explanation. Um, I reached out several times, no response. Um, I saw them at different events. They ignored me. And or were cold to me, didn't want to talk about it, didn't want to engage. And I've learned, just give it all to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will undo all consequences of any wrong decision. And as I'm remembering that experience from many years ago, I don't feel any energy on it. I don't feel a sense of loss. I don't feel a sense of worry or fear. I don't have any thoughts of revenge, none of that. And I remember at the time, my only concern was that my friend was suffering because of her interpretation. And could I help her to not interpret it in ways that it wasn't intended? Or they just were not actually there but people are going to do what they're going to do and that's why the very best resource we have is the holy spirit 
the higher Holy Spirit self. And you hear me quote it all the time because it's so helpful, the prayer at the end of uh, chapter 5, it's page 90 in my text, that says, I must have decided wrongly because I am not at peace. I made the decision myself, but I can also decide otherwise. I want to decide otherwise because I want to be at peace. I do not feel guilty because the Holy Spirit will undo all the consequences of my wrong decision if I will let him. I choose to let him by allowing him to decide for me. This is our divine opportunity every minute of every day. No matter how long ago something occurred, it's never too late to give it to the Holy Spirit because time and space simply are an illusion, a construct to help us experience our thoughts in such a way that we can really learn from them. And that's why everything works together for our good. As Miranda McPherson was saying so, so beautifully yesterday in our class uh, at Living a Course in Miracles, where we, we were talking about divine grace. Divine grace is omnipresent, omniactive. And to me, divine grace really is all the spiritual qualities acting together, which of course is what love is, which of course is what we are. We are love. We are divine grace. It's our essence. It's our nature. So we can pretend to see we're a loser or somebody else is a loser. Somebody else is evil. Somebody else is bad or wrong or stupid. We can choose to see all of those things, but they are our interpretations. So going back here, it says, that is why, it says, your interpretation thus becomes the justification for the response. So I'm going to invite you to turn within here and consider where in your experience, in your life, in your relationships, you're holding on to something where you have a great resentment or an anger or a hurt. And you're blaming someone else for it. What has been your response? Have you been withholding? Have you been attacking? Have you been attacking in your mind? Have you worked to undermine that person? To make life harder for them? Have there been opportunities where you could have been helpful, but you decided, no, the hell with them. I'm not going to help them. They don't help me. That's withholding. Consider something in your life where this has been happening, maybe recently. Analyzing the motives of others is hazardous to you because your interpretation becomes your justification for the response. So 
if we think that someone has done something wrong or bad and that they deserve to be punished and we're going to punish them by withholding by yelling by screaming by undermining them by bad mouthing them whatever it might be being sarcastic with them not telling them about things that's undermining you see your response of upset then becomes the justification for all of the ways in which you might attack or withhold or try to make them feel guilty or ashamed or bad or wrong. And remember, because there's only one, one life, one heart, one mind, you're actually doing it to yourself. And so you are going to very quickly begin to feel a loss of energy, a loss of power, a loss of strength, a loss of insight, a loss of clarity, a loss of joy, a loss of freedom, a loss of wholeness. You will begin to feel the loss. Why? Because you're affirming lack, attack, limitation, and separation. So it says, Your interpretation thus becomes the justification for your response. And this is the thing that I used to see in myself all the time. I would be absolutely first in line to make myself miserable in order to be able to, in a sense, fund or promote an attack on someone that I believed had done me wrong. I wouldn't mind if I had to get sick in order to launch my attack. I wouldn't mind if I had to be angry in order to launch my attack or feel less than or have a loss, have some, something taken from me that I valued. I would be willing to go through whatever hellish experience in order to launch my attack because my anger was always justified. Course in Miracles tells us anger is never justified, ever. So we can have anger. Anger is actually helpful to us because it indicates that our interpretation is false. And that's great. That's helpful. Truly helpful to us. So, analyzing the motives of others is hazardous to us because we're not seeing clearly. We're not feeling clearly. We're not thinking clearly. So, our analysis will be completely skewed by the ego interpretation. So, there's no, that's why I say don't try to understand things. Just, it's not helpful. Just give it all to the Holy Spirit and say, please undo all the consequences of my wrong decision. Okay, I'm not at peace. I made a wrong decision. I'd like to be at peace. Holy Spirit, make it so. Undo all the consequences of my wrong decision. Show me the way to peace. Make it so. These crazy thoughts that I've been thinking, 
I don't need them anymore. You can take them right out of my mind. Wash those crazy thoughts right out of my mind. Uh, and, and be joyful about it. Be happy about it. We have a way out of misery, but we have to take it or we're still in misery. So if you decide, it says, if you decide that someone is really trying to attack you or desert you or enslave you, you will respond as if he had actually done so, having made his error real to you. To interpret error is to give it power. And having done this, you will overlook the truth. Yes. So we'll we'll pick this up after the break. I'm going to go to the break here. And I'd just like to mention a couple of things to you as we go to the break. Uh, one is, uh, remember that uh, we're transcribing all of these radio shows thanks to the generous gifts of people who are making contributions and that the, the contributions, even people making a $5 contribution, it really contributes to our ability to transcribe all these radio shows. And once they're transcribed, you see, then we can give the transcripts to the people who are deaf uh, who've been asking for them. Uh, we can give them to people for whom English is a second language. It's difficult for them to he- catch everything when uh, they're listening to the audio. So when they can read and listen along at the same time, then there's uh, a much higher level of comprehension, which is true for all of us, second language or not. And then we have a next step in increasing the resources for people, and that is we're beginning to make the movement towards uh, having uh, more videos at YouTube that have closed captioning so the deaf can watch the videos and they can get all the content through the closed captioning, the um subtitles and we're doing that with the prayers that i do every day with the radio shows with different aspects of the things that we're offering at jenniferhadley.com and livingacourseofmiracles.com including the living a course of miracles classes so that closed captioning will further support the deaf and the people for whom english is a second language and it it is allowing more and more people to actively study A Course in Miracles and practice that. So thank you for that. I also would like to make another announcement. We are looking for some people who would like to test the Android version of the A Course in Miracles app. It's totally free, and we need some helpers who can test it and give us feedback for it. Uh, you, I put a post in the Living A Course in Miracles Facebook group, Living A Course in Miracles Facebook group. Uh, there's a couple of them, so you have to look for uh, mine and see my post there, and then you can respond to that, and uh, we can contact you and give you access to the Android app. That would be so helpful. We've had so many requests for the Android app. We've built it. Uh, thanks again to the generous contributions of people who've supported this. And now we're just in the final testing stages, and your help is required. 
uh, if you have the time and the Android phone. All right, so time for us to take a break here. Oh, and did I mention Living a Course in Miracles classes are on right now? Oh, yeah, and they are so good. They're always good, and uh, they're just so perfectly timed. The Holy Spirit really knows what it's doing giving me these topics. I'm so excited. Uh, Tomorrow we have Gary Renard, and today is my homework class on expanding into love. Uh, Each of these classes with John Mundy, Lisa Natoli, Miranda McPherson has been truly, truly wonderful. And if you see the um, promotion that we're doing at Facebook, it's really helpful if you can share them and like them at Facebook. So thank you for that. I'm Jennifer Hadley. You are listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio, where we are actively living in love, we're walking the talk, and I'll be right back. for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application as we return to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. I'm Jennifer Hadley, and we are talking about helping others through seeing them correctly and not being upset by our perception of errors. Yes. So we're looking at chapter 12, section one, the judgment of the Holy Spirit. It goes on to say the analysis of ego motivation is very complicated, very obscuring, and never without your own ego involvement. So this is why the ego analyzes and the spirit simply doesn't even acknowledge the projections, the perceptions, the interpretations, the meaning making of the ego. It's just not helpful to the spirit. So anytime you find yourself analyzing other people's motivations, you know, here's the only thing that I I will, the caveat that I will say has been helpful to me is that, that there are times when people have gotten mad at me, uh, where they're, they're really angry with me for, Something I said, something I did, something, and I, I remember one time a, a friend who I had hired to do some work with me. Um, I had made a comment, and they said that I was being very patronizing and condescending. And I said, "Really? What? What makes you think that? Well, because you think I you I don't know what I'm doing. You think I'm an idiot, and I don't know what I'm doing." And I said, what what have I ever said or done that would lead you to conclude that? And they're like, well, why would you ask me if I understood about this part of the process unless you thought I was an idiot who didn't know anything? 
And I said, I don't know anything about the process. How do I know what you know and don't know? I'm just doing some discovery because I'm a newbie to this experience. And I said, listen, let me just ask you, you've known me for a number of years. Have you ever known me to be patronizing and condescending and disrespectful? And they said, well, no. I said, so why are you assuming that I suddenly am doing that now? And then they realized it was just their own insecurity that they were projecting on me. So sometimes it can be helpful to look at a person, you know, a situation where you're feeling offended and upset and just say, wait a minute. My interpretation might not be correct. And the evidence is that it's upsetting me. It has to be incorrect. And even to gather, instead of gathering evidence that supports my upset, gather evidence to support the Holy Spirit's understanding. So let's just stop for a minute and see, hmm, has this person been disrespectful to me before? Oh, no, they actually haven't. So maybe they're not being disrespectful now. Maybe it's just my interpretation. And to be able to go back gently and say, hey, when you said this or that, what did you mean by that? With, without thinking, without going, hey, and what did you mean by that? Huh? Huh? But just curious. Being curious, I find, can be very helpful to simply go, I'm curious. What, what was your thought when you said that to me? What were you trying to communicate? What were you thinking? And a lot of times I find people will say, well, I was really upset with you, and I wanted to let you know it. Oh, oh, I'm glad you're letting me know it. Be, would you like to talk about it? And when people could see I'm not judging them for having just attacked me or um, been rude to me or unkind to me, they're like, oh, geez, I, I didn't even know that was an option. Yeah, it's 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 a definitely an option. I, I'd rather talk about it than not. But here's the thing: if you're not skilled at that, if you haven't developed the peace of mind and the peace of heart to have these kinds of conversations, just give it all to the Holy Spirit, for God's sakes. And even if you are skilled, like even I'm skilled, I will go into the conversation, Holy Spirit. I'm only here to be truly helpful. I know you're going to guide me what to say, what to do, when to say it, when not to say it. And I'm going to follow your guidance. And I'm so glad that you are going with me in every situation and circumstance. I remember mentioning that my pal David Hoffmeister had told me a few years ago that 
when he was first starting out with A Course in Miracles, he would say that truly helpful prayer on page 28 every time he went through a doorway. And even if he went from the bedroom to the bathroom and the bathroom to the bedroom back again, he would still say it each time. And that that affirmation is really so wonderful. I am here only to be truly helpful, and the Holy Spirit will guide me of what to say, where to say it, when to say it, why to say it. In every moment, I don't have to ever be fearful or worry or wonder because I am divinely guided, right? Because I'm in that place of you decide for me what's the highest and best. And if we are really interested in living that way, the Holy Spirit will give us the perfect training for it. It will help us to see in our mind how everything that's unfolding in our life already is the perfect training for it. And now that we're willing, we have the eyes to see, we have the ears to hear, we have the mind to correctly determine the truth, recognize, recognize the truth. So it says... The analysis of ego motivation is very complicated, very obscuring, and never without your ego involvement. The whole process represents a clear-cut attempt to demonstrate your own ability to understand what you perceive. Right? It's about your ability to understand. Forget that. Just get direct insight from the Holy Spirit. It's easier, faster, better. Why get, you know, you know, people buy knockoff uh, designer things just go right to the source you know it's like all of a sudden you can say oh i have the funds to pay for the original i don't need a fake one just get the the good stuff <laughs> says this is shown by the fact that you react to your interpretations as if they were correct so it's very redundant here as of course miracles frequently is it says, you may then control your reactions behaviorally, but not emotionally. This would obviously be a split or an attack on the integrity of your mind, pitting one level within it against another. What are the levels within your mind? The mental body, the emotional body. So what, what it's talking about here is when the mental body is attacking the emotional body. So when we have a thought, I've been attacked, the emotional body starts to go, owie, ooh, upset, anger, hurt, however we might interpret it, whatever our personality uh, dictates. If we're not here to be truly helpful, we'll become upset. For someone, it might make them feel hurt, and they would cry. Another person, that hurt would lead them to be afraid. Another person, that hurt would lead them to feel angry. Another person, that hurt would lead them to shut down and withdraw, right? So based on the interpretations, based on the past, this is why A Course in Miracles tells us whenever we're upset, all we're doing is re-experiencing the past. Now, since everything is truly helpful, why would re-experiencing the past be helpful to us? Because it's giving us the opportunity to choose again. 
And when we choose again, we start to eliminate the painful past. We're transforming it. We're turning the lead into gold. We become spiritual alchemists. And that, my friend, is what I am deeply interested in. And that's why I love A Course in Miracles. It says here, There is but one interpretation of motivation that makes any sense. And because it is the Holy Spirit's judgment, it requires no effort at all on your part. Yay, no efforting. Every loving thought is true. Everything else is an appeal for healing and help, regardless of the form it takes. Can anyone be justified in responding with anger to a brother's plea for help? Can anyone be justified in responding with anger to a brother's plea for help? So if your brother's plea for help takes the form of an attack, right? Let's say you've got a racist, a bigot, a misogynist who is actively speaking offensively. Can anyone be justified in responding with anger to a brother's plea for help? If they're actively spouting racist, bigoted beliefs, isn't that a cry for help? Of course it is. They're not in their right mind. They're feeling so separate, and they're seeing that separation thinking is valuable, and they're energizing that. That's a cry for help if ever there was one. So are our attack thoughts about the racist, the bigot, the terrorist, answering the cry for help with love? No. Every loving thought is true. Everything else is an appeal for healing and help, regardless of the form it takes. So every loving thought is true. Everything else is a cry for help. Now, if you had a child, let's say you have a three-year-old child that you're caring for, and they get so freaked out that they start saying, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you, or I don't want to live here anymore, I, I, I want to die, I want to die, I want to die. Would you attack them, make them feel guilty and ashamed? Tell them they're stupid and wrong and bad. That they're worthless. That they're foolish. No, you wouldn't. You would put your arms around them and hold them and say, Honey, I got you. I love you. I'm here for you. You'd be answering that cry for love with love, with tenderness. Because they're a child. Because they seem to be more innocent. But we can actually learn to see everyone as innocent. Everyone is innocent. And our ability to have compassion for others and see their innocence is the greatest gift that we can give them. Holding their innocence in our mind, is the greatest help that we can give a brother or a sister. And 
at the very same time, it's healing to our mind. Our compassion for ourselves and for others is that truly helpful, loving thought that heals all. And this is our function in this world, to not take offense, but to turn everything over to the Holy Spirit, to invoke the Holy Spirit into every situation and circumstance, into every seeming challenge, and to give every challenge over to the Holy Spirit. Then we're truly being helpful to others. I'm going to go a little further in this chapter 12, section 1. Uh, Paragraph 5. It is surely good advice to tell you not to judge what you do not understand. No one with a personal investment is a reliable witness for truth to him has become what he wants it to be. Excuse me. No one with a personal investment is a reliable witness, for truth to him has become what he wants it to be. If you are unwilling to perceive an appeal for help as what it is, it is because you are unwilling to give help and to receive it. Now, this is really helpful for us to understand. When there's a cry for love and we feel unwilling to extend compassion in our heart, in our mind. We don't have to do it in the world of form with words and actions, but just even in our mind to not judge, to step back from the analysis and the judgment that upsets us, the interpretation, right? If you're unwilling to perceive an appeal for help as what it is, it is because you are unwilling to give help and to receive it. So if you're not willing to extend love and compassion to someone's cry for help, you're not willing to receive it. If you're not willing to receive compassion, what's going on in your mind? What's going on? A healing can happen. A breakthrough can happen. It says, To fail to recognize a call for help is to refuse help. Would you maintain that you do not need it? Yet this is what you are maintaining when you refuse to recognize a brother's appeal. For only by answering his appeal can you be helped. Deny him your help and you will not recognize God's answer to you. The Holy Spirit does not need your help in interpreting motivation, but you do need the Holy Spirit's help. And this is really critical here. Only appreciation is an appropriate response to your brother. Gratitude is due him for both his loving thoughts and his appeals for help, his cries for love. For both are capable of bringing love into your awareness if you perceive them truly. And all your sense of strain comes from your attempts not to do just this. How simple then is God's plan for salvation? There is but one response to reality, for reality evokes no conflict at all. There is but one teacher 
of reality, who understands what it is. The Holy Spirit does not change his mind about reality because reality does not change. Although your interpretations of reality are meaningless in your divided state, the Holy Spirit's interpretations remain consistently true. The Holy Spirit gives them to you because they are for you. Do not attempt to help a brother in your way, for you cannot help yourself. But hear your brother's call for the help of God, and you will recognize your own need for God. Your interpretations of your brother's needs are your interpretations of yours. By giving help, you are asking for it. All right, I could go on and on here. It's so rich, but I'm going to um, pause here, and we're going to say a prayer. Just a reminder, the Living a Course in Miracles classes are all free. Thanks to your donations and contributions, the radio show is free, and the, all the transcripts and the audios for the radio show for the living a course in miracles classes all these resources are free due to your contributions and uh you know at the power of love ministry and jenniferhadley.com living a course in miracles.com there are some paid things and those go to support everything as well one paid thing that is coming up in june june 19th to the 26th is my spiritual counseling training intensive it's a week-long intensive training it's deeply and profoundly healing it's open to anyone you don't have to wish to be a spiritual counselor you don't have to be interested in that at all if you're only interested in healing your own issues and being able to participate better in your relationships, your conversations, your listening, your insight, your intuition, hearing divine guidance, all of these things are covered deeply in our training. So all the details at jenniferhadley.com for my spiritual counseling training intensive. And if you're a professional like a therapist or a life coach or a healer or anybody that needs uh, continuing education or licensing units, we can help you get those through this training. So let's take that breath of love and gratitude and be so grateful and thankful that we are interested in being truly helpful and the Holy Spirit is guiding us this day and every day. So grateful to drop our interpretations, our perceptions, and our projections and to stand in the truth with love, extending love to love, as love, by love, with love, for love, all love. We share the benefits with everyone. In gratitude, we let it be, and so it is. Amen. 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 I love you. Have a great rest of your week. Mwah.